ready to be romanced. I'm Tori. And I'm Megan. And today we're discussing a, a court, court of and Fury part, part three. three. <laughs> I think that I think that at this point I should probably just say it because I've I've schooled my features and you immediately start giggling. I know I can't. I can't not because it's just You're so excited. Funny. It's good. I'm so excited. <laughs> I wanna say because I think I alluded to this at the beginning of the last episode that we recorded parts one and two that I was like mm-hmm. unwell in a rabbit hole like looking up fan art and like and disassociating at work like this I think you need to tell me a bit more yeah I just like I think on the first read I was just so because I had been spoiled I don't think I had mentioned that in the first episode but I was spoiled on TikTok because it's like the book came out I don't blame anybody. The book came out like fucking 10 years ago or whatever. And so I knew that she was going to end up with Reese. And so before I think I even had read Akatar, and then so I was like, yeah, hesitant to read it, hesitant to move on to this one. And then I think when I got into this one, I raced like I like sped read to chapter 55, which we finally get to fucking discuss today. And I think I just missed a lot of the really good moments. And the reread has just been so much better for me. Because, like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good book. Like, I think I read it, like, four stars on Goodreads, which is high for me. Like, I'm usually, like, a two or three girl, even if I liked the book. And it's just, it really shows you how much you really need to read it twice. Just because there's so much detail and so many moments that you, like, look back on. And I've never really until this podcast reread books like I have my favorite book I think that I've ever read and I've read that like two or three times but that's like the only like it's when I'm sad I'll just like it's like a comfort tv show I'll reread it but otherwise it's like I'm like burning through romance books like so quickly and then sometimes I'm like maybe I should start like slowing down a little bit not trying to read like 60 books a year just like read 10 books or like I don't know 20 books but like actually take my time with them instead of just like burning through them some you can burn through but like some you can burn through and you can have fun with fantasy and these bigger world building books I think there's more reward in slowing down or the re or the reread and I would say have fun burning through the like lighthearted romance and that, you know, you're just getting through it. And, and it's, it's just like what putting on reality TV to like watch something. It's a different type. And then if there is something that's more denser or yeah, there's certain books that you want to slow down with. I would love to know actually from listeners, if they are rereaders or if they are, one and done because I always ask this of people in my life if they reread because I have always been a rereader since I was a kid I most notably remember a time in my life still when I was a teenager where I was proud of the fact that I had reread Twilight 21 times (laughs) um literally until the book was disintegrating in my hands which can't wait till we talk about Twilight in more detail yes oh my god but I think just like people love rewatching certain movies or TV shows, I do that. And so some notable books were Twilight, Harry Potter, but even just one-off books, I had no problem rereading those as a kid and as an adult. And now we've talked about this, but 
between doing this podcast and a couple getting a couple friends onto a Court of Thorns and Roses series, I think that this reread was maybe four or five of Wild. a Court of Mist and Fury, at least, at the very least. And um and enjoy it every time you pick something new up every time no it's so true so i'm glad you're having that and i just want to say you dissociating at work just like looking out in the distance and you're like yes i am a fairy now like you texted me a picture you were on a walk and you texted me a picture of a house and you didn't even have to say and i just was like oh looks like favorite's house and you were like yeah and then we and then it snowed in vancouver and on the island and we were like oh are we gonna go i guess we're gonna go find a wolf and, and a mountain and a, wolf. Yeah, and a cabin and you were like kill me that i was thinking the exact same thing no i know i just realized when i said that's you, fantasy baby you no know, truly and like imagination and stuff and i totally forgot that I had texted you that picture and I don't think I said anything I just sent the picture also such a fucking like that house just catching strays because I was like this looks like Feyre's mortal house which was like in shambles <laughs> like, like that's nicer it was our fantasy version of it but yeah that was nicer it wasn't in shambles it was yeah it, it was cute. thank you to whoever's house we <laughs> lived, lived our fantasy as we walked by um or as Tori walked by and sent me a picture yeah, but now we're basically we left on a cliffhanger of you set the stage. I'm like we have we have a lot to unpack still. One so much, so much to talk about. Because if you, if anybody's listened to the last episodes, you know we're not going to skip anything. <laughs> yeah, literally, and we have an opinion. Yes, absolutely. Okay, we're talking about part three. We're not going to talk about anything that comes after that. So just beware. Spoilers ahead. We pick up and Feyre is at the cabin in the snowy mountains that Moore winnowed her to. And she's feeling, which I was surprised at again, she's feeling relief because she had so much guilt for breaking up with Tamlin because she knew that he loved her. And then she's feeling anger because Reese didn't tell her that he's known for months about the mating bond. She's so angry. She's so mad. She's there. For so more checks on in on her, and then five days later Reese arrives. So it's like she's gone for a fucking week, and he doesn't know where she is. I think what are we led to? We're told that the mating like makes people crazy and the frenzy. And so recent was on death's door. They barely get back, and she's so angry. He's right in the mud, reaching out to her, <laughs> like, please, please. And she's he's dying, and she's like, you piece of shit. And they go away. She just, He doesn't know where she is. Like, she tells more, do not. I'm leaving him on red, and don't tell him where. I don't want my location service <laughs> yeah. enabled. I, do not tell him where. And if you do, like, you're breaking girl code, essentially. And more is, like you know what, fair, okay, and doesn't tell. But yeah, she comes and checks on Feyre. Which is a good friend. Like, she's getting up to some things. Yeah, this like fucking kills me. This is so embarrassing. Also, I just want to say, the one thing about fantasy novels that I am always in awe of is how they can be alone with their own thoughts. Because <laughs> if you know anything about me... I guess. No, no, it's like actually alarming. Because if you know anything about me, it's like I have a podcast on, I have music on, I have the TV on. I'm also scrolling at my phone as I have all of those things on. And it's like, if one little thought enters my brain, I'm like upset. It's not the fairies that are the most unrealistic. It's the 
the isolated beings with their thoughts and no phones to scroll, no TikTok to no, scroll. Literally. Well, and also I just have to laugh because it's like house number like what seven yeah. at this like, point. We get it. He's Let's rich. Can, <laughs> can, can we just can we count for a second? So there's so he like technically has a place to stay in the Hewn City, the Court of Nightmares, because he like can rule over that court. Yeah. He's got the townhouse. He's got the House of Wind, which is also in Valaris. He's got the Moonstone Palace. Yes. We're at four. He's got a cottage, a cutie little cottage that has, you know, nice bath and a magical house that can give you whatever you yeah. want. Five. Did, did you count I'm his sure mom's house in the Lyrian War Camps? No. Yeah. Nope. So there's six. Um, so anyways, I guess recent can get it for a lot of reasons, but also because he's rich. fucking rich. No, literally. Love it. Vacation home. So she's at the vacation home. Yeah, and she this is also nice because she never felt at home in her mortal house. And she's like, I love that this cabin is like casual, even though I'm like married to a high lord, you know, she's above like <laughs> nice things or whatever. So she like loves that it's family like and there's evidence that you know the friend group has like lived there and like had like vacationed there I guess and she finds paint when she's rummaging through all of the closets and she decides to paint the entire house a how dare you (laughs) like this isn't your (laughs) fucking house and b that is so cheesy the house can like literally summon anything you want or like more is like bringing you sh- fucking food and stuff like that. Ask for some canvas. <laughs> like... You say it like for anybody who doesn't know and didn't read, she paints the house. No, no, she paints. She's not like giving it a new paint job. She finds some little arts and crafts paints and paints uh, Amarin's eyes above the bedroom door, the doorway to the bedroom. She paints like yellow blonde like hair down like the fireplace which is supposed to be like Moore's hair she paints like Illyrian wings because we know she has a hard on for Illyrian no, wings she literally has a hard on for them and and I think it's quite known I don't think we're the first to say that it's like this embarrassing funny cringy thing but it's this funny thing that the fandom and fans have kind of owned that she's this terrible painter because you know it never says that she's a bad painter or it never says that it but I reread the part and I think I've heard somebody else talk about this before in like a TikTok video where more walks in and it's just like oh you've been busy yeah like there's no like it's so beautiful or wow like those are Amber's eyes (laughs) that's that's literally what she says she doesn't say like anything but she's like oh I can tell like those are Amron's eyes like that is so cringe I can just like I imagine the doodles that like I would make and stuff like that and it's so embarrassing but like she's a quirky girl like this is her like (laughs) she's not a horse girl but she's a a painter girl because that comes up later on like spoiler alert when she saves the rainbow quadrant of (laughs) Valaris like Anyways, it's it's fucking brutal. I just want to point that out. So this is really cute. Um, Moore is just like, is it so bad to be his mate, to be a part of our family? Cute. I was like kind of crying, like the the found family thing. And she's like, no, I would have a really good life. 
Um, I know that. I'm just like mad. Obviously, it's house number six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's yeah, like, I'm... I would live well. Like everyone knew. Like she's embarrassed, or it's like it's like it's like shitty. Like everybody knew. I guess, or people suspected, and and she was the only one who had no idea. And like I've that been there, I've been where you're like so embarrassed for like being vulnerable or like being left out or whatever, and you just have to like go and lick your wounds. And Reese arrives. Like, let's just get to like the main point. Like, Reese arrives. He found her by like flying because he again couldn't winnow in because there was wards around the house. And they're, like, kind of awky, and they're tentative with each other, and they don't know what to do, which is, like, very cute. And Favor's like, hey, like, come in. Like, you must be cold. Um, I can make you some food. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, I, this actually, like, as much as I just ripped on her being a painter, it's kind of, like, also, I just want to say, like, Taylor Swift is, like, a known baker. She was, like, when she was on Tumblr and posting regularly on Instagram about her life not just like promotional things she would also she would always post about what she was cooking and baking but people have said because she would used to bake for these secret sessions of like she would bring fans to her house and she would bake cookies for them and stuff like that she just had that big times person of the year article and Mm -hmm. she brought pumpkin loaf or something like that like it's like okay like this is Feyre's equivalent but apparently she's a really bad baker. So it, it just makes me laugh that Feyre is like the same, but with painting. The house can like give her what she needs and what's going on. And recent, I feel like, like in my mind, like, it's like, <laughs> no, stop, stop. Like even talking about it actually makes me, like, I can't even. It feels like he just, go ahead, go ahead. Hold, hold, hey. Hold on to your horses because it happens like this, listeners. She's like, oh, you must be cold. I'll, like, heat something up for you or whatever. And he's like, you'll make me food? In such a weird way. Talk about cringe. This is recent being cringy. And she, fair enough, is like, no, I can't cook, but I'll heat you up some of this soup. And he's like, it's so important. When the female, Stop, I actually can't even look at you right now. <laughs> like I, because actually, this is funny. This is bringing me back because this is the first thing we talked about when you and I went on a little hike and talked about. I said, "Have you been reading A Court of Mystic Fury?" And you screamed in the middle of the forest because you could not. You were like, "I cannot! I cannot! I cannot!" But we have to make it through. Yeah. Everybody went. Everyone is wrong. So yeah. So he is so beside himself and says, "Oh well." It's a big thing, basically, when a newly mated couple, like the female, and it's using the female and male, and that's so cringy and gross. Oh and God, it's like yeah. when the female feeds him, like gives him food, and um, because because then it's like the female is accepting the mating bond. And I'm just like, feminism is sure not alive. It is sure dead. Is there anything else that they could cook? How about consummate? That's like tried and true. No, 100%. The the food part is so gross because not only is it so like animal-like, like I feel like that is like a, probably what animals do when they mate. Mm. Fair, good fair. Feminism, dead. But also it's like, it's fucking soup. That is so not sexy. <laughs> like, it's it, It's got to be one of my favorite bits of this entire thing because I just have to give a shout out to... I don't, I don't know if you're going to talk about this in your internet deep dive about Reddit. Are you going to talk about 
this at all? I don't think so. Do you have this in your... Okay, so on the Akatar Reddit, on Reddit, you can, I guess, yes, I don't know enough about yes, Reddit, that you can, yes, ch- you can change upvote. if you upvote yeah. something. And I didn't get it until I was doing this. I never understood why until I was writing some notes for this episode and went on line. And if you upvote something, everything looks like a Campbell's can of soup. And if you upvote it, it turns into a bowl of soup. And that is just the funniest thing to me. And one of my questions for you after reading this is what, what soup do you think Feyre gave? No. <laughs> if you could only see the pained look on Tori's face right now. I need to know what soup you're picturing that she heated up for our recent. And then yeah, we'll go from there. Okay. Here's the thing. Also, I want to say before they finger banged in the inn, they were eating meat pies. So it's like, this is <laughs> like, I, I want to deep dive more into this, but maybe we can just talk about it here. But in our wonder wise, because it's just like, it's all sexy times until you realize they just eat meat pie, like ate meat pie and then are fucking like, that's disgust. Like there's nothing I would rather do. It's like if I eat a meat pie or like a meat soup, it's like I'm cuddling up next to a fire and like going to bed. I'm not like in the mood to have sex. So it's like, I assume, I think that the least offensive soup that she could make him is tomato. But I know it's not tomato. Okay. Because if it's like cheddar and broccoli, like that's like, <laughs> that's like so heavy and like, like gassy, I feel like. Like, let's just get into it. And then I feel like if it's like a beef, a beefy suit, it's like that just sits so heavy. In- beef stroganoff. No, it sits um, heavy in your tummy. You don't want to like ride you're someone's really, like, dick after. You're really- you're really looking out for them. You're really looking out for them. Yeah. I That is so funny. I didn't even think about what the worst possible soup could be. And I just thought that it was like a minestrone, like some vegetable like stock, which would be light yeah. and nice for them. Yeah. There's like a very full thread of people saying like, what soup do you think it is? And like everybody is dragging her and it's like, oh yeah, I pictured like a Campbell's, a Campbell's like chicken noodle soup. And I just think it's so funny. So well, while she's heating the soup up, because oh she hasn't God. given it to yeah. him yet, we get like an entire Laura dump, an incredible I'm, monologue. I'm going to like read out the entire monologue because this is, I think, <sighs> I'm sorry, sorry. This episode's going to be fucking four love hours. It? I love this part. One of my favorite, it's not a trope, but like it's a common story mechanism or whatever, is when the character, the main characters get together and then you hear about what is going on in the person's like not like the non POV characters mind and Mm. everything that clicked for them to get to this point. So she's heating soup, which also it's like heating soup takes five fucking minutes. Uh, And he literally talks for like 20 minutes and it's like the soup would have been way done before then. I just want to say it would be like boiling anyways. So he, (laughs) I'm so, like, unwell at this point. Okay. So he talks about... Also, my notes were, like, kind of shite, so just bear with me. At one point, Amarantha is, like, a bad person, and he... (laughs) This is all I remember. He is, like, going... Wants to kill her. But then Jurian shows up and fights with her because of the sister thing, and she ends up killing him. And then Reese's dad saves him at this point. 
And then the war happens. No, that's like all I remember. And no events like. He just like talks about his experiences in the war, which sets up a lot of the animosity between Amarantha and him that leads them to like when he's under the, when Amarantha's rule is happening and he's her like sex slave under the mountain. Yes. So the war happens, the wall happens, the treaty is signed. Amarantha and the King of Highburn get away with all of the atrocities from the war because everyone's just saying like it would be too much to like try them or whatever so he plots to kill her again he goes to under the mountain and realizes he goes by himself he doesn't tell any of his friends that he's poisoned he was drinking the wine and it was poisoned and he realizes he's in trouble and so he shields Valaris and she and he realizes he's trapped and becomes his whore as you just mentioned three years prior to this like, this is actually when I was, like, a little bit crying. Three years prior to this, he starts having dreams. And it's of a human hand painting. And he realizes, like, now, obviously, that it was Feyre pa- painting. And he pushes a thought down the, like, mating bond or whatever, I guess, of the night sky. So that's why she was painting the night sky. And then a year ago, when she enters Perithian, the bond or, like, the pull of her becomes clearer so he realizes that she's in the high fey world and she he sees an image of Kalanmai. he sees the the drums and the the fire like we chatted about um <laughs> thank god he didn't see the fiddle yeah yeah thank god he didn't arrive for tamlin being the fiddle, fiddle dancing yeah and so he says you know i've been looking for you thank you for finding her for me And it's like, you think that that was just a, obviously at this point we know, but like we thought that that was just something that you would say to interrupt. It's very good bystander intervention, but like to interrupt the the three fairies that were trying to steal her. But we know that now he actually means that he was looking for her and was thanking them for finding her. So he's like, I'm so scared if I think of her that Amarantha would be able to figure out who this person is and like ruin her. So he like tries not to think about her and stuff like that. He ends up bringing those three fae to Callan Mai to Amarantha and like they are dead now. And <laughs> he just blah, blah, blah. protecting, he's, pre- he's trying to, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Protecting yeah, And then the time that he winnowed into Spring Court when Lucian, Tamlin, and her were eating breakfast or lunch or whatever. He freaks out because he can see, he's like, oh my God, like, here's this girl again. She's here. She's in love with Tamlin. I can see it on her face. Um, And he tries to spook Tamlin so much. So he sends her away to the mortal world and she's like safe, safe there. Um, and then we get some, like, backstory about how he, like, tried to save Claire because that eats fucking Feyre up to this day. And he, like, can take away her pain and stuff like that. And he's, like, starting to cry. And then he's, like, so then you walk into the throne room under the mountain and I learn your name. And he's, like, at that point I realize I will do anything to save you and the rest of you know the Perithian world and then she gets hurt in the first trial with the worm and he's like I'm going to make this bargain with her to like you know get in with her and he talks about how he made her drink the wine so she like forgets about her time there and 
made her wear those clothes so people wouldn't suspect that she was anything but like a plaything. And he's like so jealous and angry of Tamlin and Feyre when he sees them having sex in the hall. So, you know, that scene plays out. He realizes that Amarantha knows that he's jealous. And so he has to like have sex with her that night, which is like so dark. And then at the third trial, he's like, I saw you like suffering. And like, I was like, you're my mate. Yeah, you're really, you must love the like main male character revealing that he's obsessed he, with her I, that's always he's obsessed yeah. with her I, oh that is something very, I've always very edward bella. yeah it's very it's very edward bella like um so much yeah so he watches her die and obviously he's like oh my fucking god because <laughs> oh my fucking god because which this is a little bone I have to pick with SJM because he's like, the bond is something so unique and special and it doesn't happen for everyone. So I'm like so honored that I have a mate and then I just watch her die, not having a chance to like be with her. But I was like, okay, but then like everyone has mates in this fucking series. Like doesn't seem unique at all to like any of these people. So anyways, yeah, she dies. The bond that they have pulls her out of death. And he forces all the High Lords to save her, which again, we kind of thought it was like Tamlin begging and stuff. So we just like he like glamours them or whatever. So we just get such more detail of what actually happened. He talks about when he says goodbye to her and she's a fae. The bond really locks in. So you get that surprise moment. And he goes and sees more, which is like his BFF. Hasn't seen her in 50 years. The first words to her are, she's my mate. Is it? You think that's not cute? You don't think that the image, I like get cringed out at that. I'm like, you haven't seen your best friend, your cousin (laughs) in 50 years. And there's like such an issue. And, and like, I'm just like having this secondhand embarrassment of more being like, who? Like she doesn't oh, know what yeah. did they know what's happened? Do they know what has happened? Maybe, maybe, but it's just like she's maybe I'm just like I'd be like, huh? Who? I just have a second animation. No, and it's like, okay, what am I chopped liver? No, I, I totally get that. I think it's just like it just shows how overwhelmed with overcome with emotion he was, sure. I guess. I like that take. It's good, it's good. So he's like even if I don't end up with her, like she is in spring court now, I am at peace because I she deserves happiness for like freeing and saving all of our people, but realizes that she's like deeply unwell. Um, he, you know, he, flash forward to the wedding, he like feels her fear, rushes to spring court, doesn't have a plan. And he's like, oh my God, I'm like in love with this girl, which I have a question about that in our discussion later. But it's like killing me to see her waste away and be like obsessed with this guy who like doesn't give a fuck about her. And then she gives him the soup and I'm like, and he eat. this is the worst part is it's like detailing about how they're like sitting there and he just eats every lot, like scrapes the bowl of soup. And I'm just like, he's giving, she's giving him her love. I believe the quote, is actually maybe this isn't the quote I shouldn't say it because I don't know because I just have it written in my notes clearly as how I interpreted which is her going you love me then eat (laughs) poured his heart out now we know we get he like processes it and then we get some nice moments but can we I'm gonna look it up while you finish because I'm like I'm pretty sure it's 
you love me then eat, then eat. oh god that's like <laughs> it's so cringy like it's just so cringy so anyways she tells him she loves him she says i want you to know that i am broken and healing and every piece of my heart belongs to you and i am honored honored to be your mate and then uh, just wait do we want to get to the sex part or do we want to ensure that you have the right quote like i need to I'm ensure like, that i have the yeah, right okay, quote okay. i'm like i can't like go to the next part uh without you so sorry because i need to like know he comes into the cottage and says you painted us and she goes i hope you don't mind and he studies it and he just doesn't say <laughs> he, d- he doesn't he doesn't say whether he finds or not he goes ah yeah Azriel Moore Amron and Caspian you know one of them is gonna paint a mustache under the eyes of whoever pisses them off that day ha 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 and I'm like that's you awkwardly being like ooh my girlfriend do you are you sure you want her to you want to be (laughs) he's like I actually (laughs) changed my mind once I saw the pictures you're right it would have that soup also would have tasted so bad if she was heating it up for like the 50 minutes that he gave her his like undying love yeah I'm like also it's like no also it's like is she, is she like heating it up over the stove and like her back's like turned to him and she's just like I don't know whatever it it doesn't it really doesn't matter because, uh, so he finally finishes she ladles it into a bowl and he walks over and she goes you love me like that's the funniest no, I, I know she's saying I know she's saying it like you love me like that's so really that's what you're saying but I'm just like that's all I have to say to him you love me no Reed's but not we it. know sorry but we know Feyre's like a not I, a good listener or like responder to things I set the bowl down before him then eat <laughs> she does say you love me then eat so let's redeem them by getting to the hot steamy stuff yeah please yeah. go so they so yeah they reconcile they're all good she's like would love to be your boo yes honey boo boo and let's get nasty so this is the chapter that everybody goes cuckoo bananas for 100 are you cuckoo bananas for this like i was no me neither but (laughs) it doesn't make my top it doesn't make my top list of um like romance or smut moments of the book but i think there's some like fun stuff i was actually gonna say when i edited our episode about part one and two when i was re-listening to the in scene i actually feel like the in scene is like hotter than this but I'll tell you why I think it's those other scenes are hotter is because and this is a big enemies to lovers thing for me and this is a big just any the conflict is resolved this moment the it is so hot and sexy and fun and flirty when there's will they won't they is there communication that's not matching up is there something unrequited do they actually like each other and they don't know it and then it's resolved like you now have the safety and I'm sure that's like really ro- and I'm, I understand why a lot of people would feel that's romantic and stuff from like a, from a, what I'm reading romance novels for I want the fun silly stuff and I often find a disinterest as soon as the big piece of conflict has been resolved with any love pairing that I that I read Same. so I think that's why this is not as sexy to me now Am I still invested because the action only picks up from here? But yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah, and yeah. like again, I read romance primarily for these scenes, so it's like I even the worst one is still interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So she sits on his lap. They like start to kiss. He picks her up, lays her out on the table, and the table is full of paints because you know our girl was busy. All the paints like break and explode, and like. 
you know, they're all over them, which is, again, kind of like this. It's sexy. It is. I, oh, no, okay, okay. Yes, it is. Like, it's very much like the ghost scene with the clay uh, where they're mm-hmm. at the potting wheel. And I went to a sex club in New York. They reenacted that scene. Oh, and I was like, this okay, is fun. good. Like, the paint or the clay or whatever, like, this is good. The problem for me was when he, like, fingered her. And I'm like, you've got paint on your hands. That's not good for her. Hoo-ha. No, also, he fucking draws an arrow down her stomach and is like, just so you know where this ends up. No, <laughs> no, that part. No, that part's sexy. Okay, okay. I forgot about okay, that. Okay, no, I would, we'll, I would we'll be, be like, two sides. Tell okay. us, listeners, sexy or not sexy. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay, I'm gonna put like a poll up on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think we should do that. Are you a rereader? Are you not a rereader? Are you one and done? And was the paint down the the navel? Have fun figuring out how to post that in an appropriate way on, <laughs> yeah, your on my Instagram. Instagram. So, anyways. Uh, the paint's all over. Yeah, he, he paints the arrow down her vagina, which is, like, fine. Also, this is kind of, like, where the uh, star spirits had splattered on them. So I was, like, a little bit maybe overdone. But I feel like we're going to get shit for that because I feel like everyone's, like, fucking feral for this. And trust me, I'm feral for this, too. But, like, it's fun to be, like, nitpicky about it. For what? Feral about? Feral about this scene and the paints and stuff like that. Oh. And we're, like, shitting on it. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, ha- I'm yeah. happy about it, okay? I'm stoked. <laughs> so he, yeah, lays her out on the table. He gets on his knees. And she remembers about how he says he would bow to no one except his, like, crown or whatever and his court. And it's, like, except his mate, like, whatever. He, like, goes down on her. He, like, fingers her. She comes twice, which is, like, again, like, a I feel like a romance novel trope that every girl is just... I know she's got a no refractory period. She's good to she's go. Just, I know, good for them. Wish it was me. Yeah. Then they finally have sex. He takes her to the bed. They finally have sex. But this is like this is the best part about romance novels too. Especially like speaking about like hetero couples specifically is because it's like usually you know the how we learn about sex and pleasure and stuff like that often centers the man and like all of this stuff so when we see romance where like the woman is getting pleasure first and the experience is like centered around her and stuff like that it's you know it's refreshing that's what we all I feel like want in our real lives. I'm just having um, a fun flashback tidbit about us where you just said this thing about pleasure. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, remember when we were on a Let's Talk About Sex panel and Tori and I were in university together on this, like, panel about safe sex and, like, good things. And I'm just like, where was our Akatar novels for us to be like, this is how... You should do this it. Is how it should be done. This is how it should be done. I mean, I guess that would be embarrassing for us. No, so embarrassing. We would have been like booed off the stage. But yes, we were on a student panel talking about sex. So this isn't the first time. I do want to also do an episode. So I'm kind of getting a little off the beaten track here. But like, I really want to talk about also how romance novels have really taught me something about that and like have like really not changed my perspective or whatever but like shown me like a different way and stuff like that so that's a that's a thought we can dive Mm -hmm. into for another time but yeah he takes her to bed they have sex it this is really cute I think where like she is they're both like trying to have like foreplay but they're like so horned up that it's like they don't need that so they keep being like play later play late like we can do this later like we just need to have sex I thought that was very very cute and the mating bond becomes clearer for them 
He finishes. He makes those mountains tremble, just like he said. They do a lot of, if people like the possessive, or not possessive, but they're do, they do a lot of like the, your mind, your mind, like say it over, say it over again and again. I think at both points, do they say it to each other? It's very much like the toucher, I'll kill you trope. And then the, the faded mates thing. Like they have a bath. He is like, okay, so my like wings are covered in paint (laughs) i love this okay so i just in my forever throwing to my theories my not crackpot theories that like reese cassian and asriel have fucked which we can talk about another more times if anybody needs if anybody else wants to talk to me i'll just be in my little tin hat (laughs) place because all of my favorite ships are actually oh they're all queer and they've all had these relationships they're having a bath which is really cute and really and we should talk about the wings but he says i think i fell in love with you the moment i realized you were cleaving those bones to make a trap for the Midengard worm, or maybe the moment you flipped me off for mocking you. It reminded me so much of Cassian. For the first time in decades, I wanted to laugh, which is, like, really sweet. And she's so quick, is like, you fell in love with me because I reminded you of your friend. And he's just like, I fell in love with you, smartass, because you were, like, one of us. But yeah, because you were like, Cassian, it's a very sweet moment. It's very sweet. It's actually, spoiler alert, in one of my favorite quotes. So I have that. I'll, okay, I'll, read, I'll read you out the full thing. But totally. But talk about the wings. I don't really have, I guess, much to say. But she washes his wings and it's like sensual and they like have sex and stuff like that. And she's like, I have loved you since like Starfall and like you're worth it to have gone through all of these like terrible things and it's just it's very sweet and they're in this like frenzy where they're like just having sex all the time and like not leaving the cabin and like stuff like that can we talk about how they have sex and she glows I think I blocked that out of my mind I like do not have notes for that no it's so bad and she's like day court like she's like (laughs) like she's can't be just like in the moment she just like she has to know where it's from and he's like no it's from me it's starlight or whatever it's he's like I can make my mate glow and stuff like that which I was like I know I'm like I'm literally blushing right now I I don't know why I like I have no idea why yeah so they're like having sex she like gives him head all of that stuff it's it's a good time she says because we have to mention this and then they they go back to the Lyrian camps but she says i'm not taking a tonic re-pregnancy i believe it was a contraceptive brew um at the in the in the beginning of akatar so i don't know about this changing of words of tonic but yeah i think i like appreciate that uh, i just uh, i don't like the pregnancy trope or like people needing to be like okay now we all want to have a family me and my bitter old self who does not want to have children I'm like this is not interesting to me but I do appreciate that he's like there's a war coming and it definitely like I would love to he's like I like if you want that but I think he makes a comment of like and if and if it's just us for the rest of my life and you don't want to have a kid like then I would be like "Mm." more than perfectly happy with that and I really like that. me too me too so they go back to the Lyrian camps get the crew then they go back to Valaris and Reese is like 
so defensive. He says that the mating frenzy, like when you're newly mated, makes him so possessive and defensive. And he like kind of knows that it's cringy. And he, like, but Cassian, Cassian yeah. and Cassian knows about it. So Cassian's like helping him like work off his steam because he like pur- purposefully like makes a bad comment. And then they like beat the shit out of each other until they're like bleeding and like intent. And I'm just like, Okay, you got to figure out a way to work that out. Yeah, literally. Yeah, he's like... But yeah, now it's hard to pick up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they go back to the House of Wind and everyone's there now. And they all bow to Feyre and Reese as they enter. And I was like, oh, this is so cringe. It's like, we will serve and protect. And she's like, how about we just be friends? (laughs) Also, like, I'm getting panicky as we go on that people are going to rip us apart for all of the negative shit we just said about that sex scene. Do you think we're going to get ripped apart? What are your worst cringe moments of these books and people will come in and write them all out on reddit and write everything that they didn't like and i think they're still fans like i still love you're right you're right because like i think about twilight and how fucking cringy that is and it's like everything to me so yeah you're right but like terrace let let me know if you need to tear us apart yeah yeah tell us about a better sex scene that we should read (laughs) like Mm -hmm. so yeah her the friends are like overjoyed that you know, they are mates and they are happy to serve and protect them. They meet with the mortal queens. They finally got back to them and they're like, yeah, okay, let's see the the truth. They bring the Veritas, like you mentioned before, the orb, and they show Valaris and Moore is speaking truth because that is her power as like the, the Morgan. And they're like, okay, we'll consider aligning with you, but like, basically no like it's a no-go from us we're gonna keep the half of the book and they talk about this letter that Reese wrote to them asking like prior to them like meeting and stuff like that that was like about Feyre and like I don't know it was, it was very cute and Nesta we finally see this moment from Nesta she's like no give them the fucking book war is coming we're all gonna die like, you need to help us. You're being so brutal right now. Selfish. Selfish and, yeah, like, just yeah. awful. And Cassian's like, you know what? Like, I will protect you and, and try to fight with you, even if it means death, because you are, like, standing up for what's right. And the queens leave. But there's one queen that drops the book, like, had brought it with her and leaves it. And she's like, she leaves a note and she's like, I totally believe everything you said. I'm like an outlier. <laughs> yeah, JK, my these ladies suck. Can I join the night court XOXO? Literally, she's like, I'm with these fake bitches, but like I can't say anything. So like here's the book. Don't trust the mortal queens. And if they ever find out that you have the second set like half of the book. Just say it was stolen. Um, yeah, so they have both parts of the book. They go back to Valaris, Amarin's, you know, deciphering the ancient language. And while she's doing that, they're living their lives. Feyre and Cassian go to the symphony. They're walking around Valaris. Like, again, all is, all is well. And then she's, like, telling him about Nesta and stuff like that. And... They're opening up to each other and they're like, hey, what's that like black, black dots in the sky? And they realize they're under attack. It's an adder and all these lesser fairies 
that are sent from Highburn. So Cassian like suits up and is like trying to like fight them all off. Yeah, they're trying to fight them all, figure out what happened. It's obvious that like this city has never been breached in like whatever, 5,000 bajillion years. And it's obvious that the queens have betrayed them and figured out where they are. Cassian and Azrael are like sexy and like all suited up in like their leather Illyrian gear and like starting to like fight people. But it's quite gruesome because the adder like drops off like a sh- a, like the queen who helps them. Her like head is shaved and she's like her eyes are plucked out and then they like drop her on a on a spike and she like is impaled. It's nasty. It's gross. We're hitting what the like last hundred pages of any SJM book where there are many <laughs> abundant abundant memes where it just goes action, 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 bus, another bus, another bus, nightclub, yes, bus, yeah, nightclub. Yes. Like there are so many things that happen and and it, it it's like yes, there's a big attack. Feyre is a badass, she's like using all of her powers for the for the first time because she's trained this whole time she's like really like killing people left right and center she get i think she has a moment where she gets to kill this adder who has particularly been a thorn in her side for so much um cassian and asriel are fighting off people amrin is like killing people with some like really intense crazy power because we're also like what is she and there's something else going on with her and then Reason finally makes it back from somewhere wherever he was yeah so he's not there um i think were they returning the orb at this point? I don't know, something. something. Like and Feyre is holding her own, though. Yeah, and she hears Reese's voice in her head, and he's like, where are you? And she replies, cringe moment, I'm exactly where I need to be. <laughs> tell him. You tell fucking him. tell him, Feyre. Like, that, I would actually fucking kill my mate if I was like, oh my god, where are you? This is like the death of you like this is really serious you're worried about where somebody is and you're texting them hey where are you You said like you would be here or whatever and they're just like right where i'm exactly supposed to be like i would be like okay and where is that like i'm trying to like fucking save you like it's so embarrassing you're not your location and this is the part where she this is also embarrassing so uh, there is a turning point for her because her direction is to just go back because again she's like maybe like not quote-unquote ready her direction is like go back to the townhouse but she sees all this death and she's like no like I can't I have to stand with the people of Volaris all all this stuff (laughs) she goes to the painting quarter Mm -hmm. the one that's like a rainbow or whatever it probably has six other names and she (laughs) sees one of the shopkeepers that's like no like you're not gonna take away my like ceramics and my like paint or whatever to these like wolves or whatever and that's when she's like no what like I'm going to fucking fight. So she, yeah, she kills all these people. She meet, ends up killing the adder. She says, this is for Reese. This is for Claire. This is for me. I'll see you in hell. So I was like, LOL. And then Reese finds her and he goes, Pharaoh Cursebreaker, which I love when he calls her that. And then he goes, the defender of the rainbow. <laughs> Just add another name. It's basically like at this point, um, Daenerys Targaryen has like 20,000 <laughs> names in Game of Thrones and Feyre's getting there. Like she will get there by the end of the series. Yeah, because It'll at be the end like... of this book, she's also Feyre Cursebreaker and Feyre Spellbreaker. Like I just, I, oh, I can't. No. I absolutely. I blocked, I blocked those I out. I cannot do this. 
So they clean up and fix the city because the adder is dead and, you know, all the fairies are gone. And they're like, okay, we need to go to Highburn because we need to stop this. Like, this is getting way worse than I thought. Reese is so upset and feels so guilty because he told the mortal queens where Valaris was. Um, And him and Feyre are talking and he's like, I'm so happy that you fought for our people. And they're talking about how they like deserve each other and they deserve to be happy and stuff like that. And the next day, Amarin cracks the code on the book. What it is is that Feyre has to go touch the cauldron and say a list of words or whatever, like a riddle or whatever. And I was just like, sure, okay. It's giving Amarantha's riddle where it's like, I love how like the big mission at the end is just like literally like repeating words. And I know it. <laughs> I know it's more serious than that, but like it's just. Like, it's kind of cheesy. There's, like, cute, um, like, romancy things. There's a cute thing that I have. I can't, I don't have the exact quote. But one of the things that Feyre does in the fight in Valaris is creates, like, with her water power, her summer court power, wolves of water wolves and, like, drowns enemies and, like, figures out how to defeat a bunch of enemies with them. And somebody says something to her where they figured, like, reason asks i don't know if it's cassian or somebody like 10 times to repeat he like wants somebody to tell him over and over again because he just thinks so so badass and like so great that i think there's like a thing where he's just like yeah i asked you and then the first night that they stay together once they're mates or whatever between before they go to highburn she's like which room should i go to i know i have my room and it was weird weird with tamlin like i didn't know what room i was supposed to go to and we didn't share a room and Reese's like, no, no, no. Obviously, we're like, I don't care which room you pick, but like, we're together, babe. But she says, like, don't you, don't you like want your own space? And he's like, no. He said baldly, unless you do, I need you protecting me from our enemies with your water wolves. And it's just like really cute. I don't know why some things cringe me out, but some things I'm just like, oh, that's just like I feel like a really sweet thing that like a cute little flirty couple would say. That's and she and cute. she's like snorting. She like laughs, and then she's like, yeah, your bed is bigger. And then and then it was cringy actually that he's like oh yeah by the way here's did he give her the ring this is so anticlimactic like I'm sorry to be a hater I feel like this episode I'm being a hater but like yeah so they go back to his room and he's like hey like there's a little box there like why don't you open it and it's the mom's ring that she got from the weaver and he's like yeah like my mom had given like said it was mine but gave it to the weaver until I was ready because I she knew I had to have a wife that would be smart or strong enough to get it back from the weaver. And that's when I would know and she would know that I have found a person that's worthy of me. And I was like, okay. Why can't he just love her? Because he, she's a cutie. And like, he's like, yeah, Feyre, I had dreams about her. No, it's like his mom had to set up a task. Like, worst mother-in-law. She's already dead. But like, can we not pet? It's also like very mother of sons vibe like we know those moms yeah. and like it's anyway fucking vom city i'm glad she's dead yeah. <laughs> shit. i'm gonna get shit for that no, we're literally gonna get ripped apart no and then so he like he's like do you want to wear it and then she's like okay well like i don't want people to know like when we go to highburn tomorrow i don't want people to know that we're mates so i won't wear it now but i'll wear it after the mission and i'm just like no i wanted like a big dramatic proposal and like something really romantic because also spoiler alert 
for the end of this chapter not again nothing beyond but like when they go to the high priestess to get her you know Dane to high lady we don't even get to see that no we're robbed we're robbed I mean part of that is the reveal though because because it's like it's a hidden scene that I wish that was written so that we could get it because part of yeah part of the reveal is that we didn't know that they went and that she became that they actually kind of got married and totally and, went, and got everything ordained and stuff I'm really surprised that SJM hasn't released like not epilogues or novellas but like just you know like here's a because so many romance uh writers will release like here's an exclusive chapter of like what you missed when they you know went to the high priestess and they just put it online or whatever and I'm like but I feel like she's too much too far past Feyre and Reese at this point that she won't ever revisit that yeah I guess we'll see we'll have to we'll see and maybe maybe if there's enough petition or maybe I mean there are secret chapters that exist of 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 other missing scenes that she has published but yeah maybe not favorite recent I know they're like old news for us I know I know she like doesn't give a fuck about them anymore so (laughs) the next day they fly to Highburn they have this like huge plan that Asriel and Cassian etc have been working on and they go down to the dungeons to look for the cauldron because they have to nullify it and they like find the cauldron like all is going according to plan there's like black swirling water in it and she touches it and she like it's like she like blacks out at this point she feels like pain and ecstasy nothing and everything it's like kind of just obviously it's the creator of life or whatever so it's a lot of power and I think that they just assumed that she'd be able to touch it and then just like repeat the words that she's you know like memorized and practiced and all this time but she can't physically talk she can't physically see she's like trying to utter a word but it seems hard to find the words and she can't do it and she's like feeling bad I have I have to laugh because I just had this thought where I'm like yeah it's kind of funny it's not funny I mean you as you're reading it from her perspective you know that it's really intense and scary and there's something going on and stuff but I'm just like this is what you get for trying to put the fate of the world in some rando 19 year old (laughs) girl's hands sorry at this point they're all 500 year old plus warriors she's still seven she's still 19 bro like yeah it's just really funny because from the outside it literally reads her being like the one thing I need to do is not put the books together they have the two halves of the books have to stay apart it's like very important that that happens and all I have to do which I've memorized it like a ton of times is say the words and then from the outside perspective if you're Asriel just like you look over (laughs) and her hand her hand touches the cauldron and she like together and she's not saying everything and they're like yo you good yeah more like shaking her shoulder being like hey girly like what's up because like yeah she's doing exactly what she's not supposed to do and Again, this isn't my wonder why's, but I just feel like I'll just mention it briefly Say here. It. But it's like this is the one like thing that you just have to not think about when you're reading fantasy like this. And I think about it so often because I'm such a realist that sometimes it's hard for me to overlook things like this. But it's like I fucking hate when it's like just like what you're saying. It's like this is a being that has been on the planet. Like even Amran is 
you know, has lived longer than all of these fairies and stuff like that. And you just thought it was going to be easy for her to like do this. Like, I like that's dumb. Like sometimes when they're like confused or they get bested or whatever, I'm like, how are you being bested when you're supposed to be like a all powerful, you know, being or whatever, but it's just something you have to like, everybody's got to have, got to have their little foil. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun it's fantasy and it's intense as you're reading it we're we're giving shit now but the it so it doesn't work she puts the the voice tells her to put the book the pieces of the book together which does something blah 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 uh and but the bad thing is that durian is he comes walking down the stairs so they've obviously the king of hybern has been successful in bringing back a human to life or something right with the bone in the eye of durian and they're like okay crap we're caught and they try to figure out but like all their power goes dead like all their power goes dark there's some weird spell going on and then the king of hybern who's just this gross old man um comes down and then they all are like the jig is up you better you better like follow us because doesn't he shoot an arrow at Azrael? who they're like if you if he's like if you don't come with us like your bat boy will die and they're all like not after favorite no, literally. <laughs> so like, no problem. all of them they're were like, like no oh my god so yeah it's also like a little cheese when um Drain's like yeah I was talking to you guys to distract you from like the king coming also all your powers are nullified you can't talk to each other like through the bond and uh, also here's an ash bolt through your chest uh asriel so like come with us to the throne room so they get like brought up to the throne room they're like we have no way to defeat this and they're like oh my god this is gross like there's his followers they're like bad people his throne is made of human bone like this is like the vibes are off this is bad um who Walks in the fucking door, but Tamlin and Lucian. I'm just going to say it. Don't love Lucian. But yeah. And the big reveal, the big terrible reveal is that they've been working with Highburn because they're like still Delulu and want Feyre back. I mean, as we've said, the little tiny little note. BRB got to go like her little breakup note with Tamlin wasn't that great and he's Lulu and thinks that she he needs to save Feyre still and was like I'll give the king of Hybern who's going to like take over these mortal lands power and into Prithian through Spring Court for a deal so that he gets Feyre back to me and like breaks the bond the original like one week a month deal bond that Tamlin still thinks is like the evil thing that's happened between Feyre and him. Yeah, that's like forcing her to think that she needs to be in night court. And yeah, because he wants to rip, again, remember, rip down the walls, gain access to mortal lands. He has to do that through court. Tamlin's like, spring court is where you can do this. And so this is like, you know, we're we're shook shook to our core. Tamlin holds out his his hand to Feyre and is like, like come on like this is like it like you come back with me and they all die and like highburn takes over and like we just like move on with our lives and she's like i'm not going anywhere with you we give a lot of shit to Feyre for being cringy how cringy is that you are a like certified capital n nice capital g guy trademark 
because you're like the one who she was in love with and he he just basically I see him tipping his fedora. <laughs> yeah, that's in this so true. He is the guy that's like, well, he's Delulu. He's like, why doesn't she like me? I gave her everything she like ever wanted and stuff like that. And it's like that's just actually not how this works. You fucking idiot. Anyways, we give her we give her crap, but really that's like not a cute look. And Lucian knows it right away. He's like, Ooh, he's like, I don't think we, I don't yeah, know. He's like, you can tell that he he has such a deep and profound respect for Tamlin that he's there to assist him and like be his second and all of this stuff. He feels like indebted to Tamlin and stuff like that. But you can tell that he's like, I don't know about all of this. <laughs> so the fucking mortal Queens appear and we're like, just wait, like everyone's here for the party. It's like the episode of TV where all the characters from all the different places show up. They are bringing the sisters. So again, just like every fucking character you've ever met in Akatar is there. And the queens are like, yeah, we were offered immortality by the king because the cauldron can give that. But we want to make sure before we like jump into the caldi that it's like safe and we'll get out of it. So we're going to use Feyre's sisters to prove that you can do that and tamlin it was i Ianth- i who that bitch, that bitch. So she, who like how they have the sisters totally so it's like we find out yeah the mortal queens deceived them tamlin and lucian deceived them and i told um all of them the location of her sisters and where they could find them because the king promised the queen's immortality favor back to tamlin and lucian and he said to the Ianthi, the high priestesses could run Perithian if you give me access to all of this stuff because I'll just kill all the high lords. So everyone like had these evil backdoor deals with King Highburn and fight breaks out because they're like, oh my fucking God, like something's happening. Cassian's wings are shredded, which was really sad because we know Illyrian males and their wings yeah his dick was basically shredded (laughs) (laughs) he's like no yeah there's the fight and i mean i think it's tamlin and lucian are meant to it like that they didn't know that the sisters were going to be brought out and so there's like a lot of drama llama happening and like essentially the both sisters go into the cauldron and both come out immortal fae. Which is shocking again because they hated them so, so much. This is like not what they wanted. Um, Elaine is just like crying, classic Elaine. And Nesta is like fighting for, you know, her last breath, classic Nesta. And Lucian gives Elaine his coat because she's like in a nightie that's like see-through or whatever. So we're like, hmm, that's interesting. Well, he says, he's like, you're my mate. Like the second yeah, so- that Elaine c- comes out of the cauldron, like, chill everybody needs to just take a breather i know which like i know that that is a mechanism because there has to be a reason for lucian to care what happens with the sisters but i was like why is this how does this mate bonding thing work where it's like again these like powerful high fae that have been around for centuries just pick up these random fucking young girls that are human like it it's it's weird but like again you you just don't think about that like just with like Edward and Bella like you're not like you're not thinking about like how he's lived on this earth for like a hundred and some years and like 
but love is this like dumb bitch it literally school. makes there's like more there's like literally more lore in twilight that explains it than there is in akachar though that explains like the meaning thing i'm you listen it's a it's a wonder why still of like wonder like one of my questions still and i hope that it will be revealed in like future like maybe more information about how the whole mating thing works but um yeah now the sisters yeah are, are, and, are also high fae and they're immortal and feyre boohoo yeah <laughs> Now you get to be beautiful and, and yeah, and yeah, 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 live forever. Yeah, they're like <laughs> so just, mad. Like, your in laws are rich, like all of the people, like your sister's brother or your wait, your sister's partner. He's good, honey. Yeah, your brother in law fucking owns multiple houses. Like you're gonna live a good fucking life. Like shut the fuck up for complaining. Like we're like you and I would be jumping in the cauldron. Like okay, favorite. Like, I don't know, breaks the spell and (laughs) rips the wards open and releases her power and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, my God, the bond, my memory is like clear. Reese was controlling me. Like, I actually do want to come back with you, Tamlin. Like, what happened? She's like, Tamlin. (laughs) There's a lot of people who uh, this is some of the cringiest moments for them. As, As I was doing my deep dive in cringe, I think she realizes favor realizes that tamlin is never going to let go and like all of this happened and she's got this like deep hatred now that this has like happened to her sisters her sisters are now impacted and she's trying to figure out how are they going to get out of this and she is like i'm going to put on the acting chops and pretend that i was under the spell of recent because nobody through the bargain bond and asks the king of hybern with the power of the cauldron to break the bond and something happens like where the tattoo is gone from her hands and the bond is technically broken and we i'm not gonna lie i was on the edge of my i seat was like weeping of like because because we're also wondering like are is are is the cauldron's power able to break their mating, mating bond, bond? Like, is that what's going to happen? Because I get what plan she's doing, but this seems kind of risky. And also, I just like, don't imagine her a very good actor. Like, literally, Lucian clocks it in, like, two seconds. He's, like... Mm. He's giving her, like, um, a stink Tamlin, again, cringe to Lulu. He's just, like, oh, my God, I always knew that you loved me. And and he's, like, so he's happy. But, yeah, the, it, like, breaks the bond. But I think she very quickly is like oh no I'm good I can like still like feel recent and like my bond with him so it was just it didn't even leave us on a cliffhanger for very long we're like oh, okay totally phew. which I totally thought it would and then the first time I read it I thought that because I think I've read other fantasy books where this has happened I can't remember which one specifically though where it's like the mating bond was broken for you know the the cliffhanger of the book or whatever but they find their way back to each other and they're not mated bonds, but they, like, love each other or whatever. So I thought that was going to happen. But Tamlin's like, yeah, break the bond. Let them all go. Like, I don't give a fuck about them anymore. We're taking the sisters and, like, leaving. I was also really sad that the tattoo was gone because I, like, love that part of her or whatever. So in her head, she's like, fucking go. Like, the wards are gone. So more grabs the sisters. They all winnow out. Um... The king realizes, like, oh, my God, she broke the wards. Lucian's, like... And she just plays dumb. She's, like, I don't know how I... I don't know how <laughs> I did I that. Did which, like, okay, fair enough. They're, like, okay. <laughs> which, again, kind of, like, unresolved. I don't know. But it's there's so much action that 
uh, if you're just reading this and not like discussing it on a podcast you like wouldn't give a fuck about it <laughs> like you're just like moving on but uh, Lucian's like gotta get Elaine back like my bond thing just like kicked in and the king's like where are the books and Feyre's like I don't have them I have no idea where they are but she knows that they are with the night court friend group and they went out to spring court the friends are back in Valaris and we get a chapter of Reese's POV which I enjoyed and they're like hey we need a healer for Cassian and Asriel um and Amran's like where is she like where's Feyre and Moore's like okay I'll tell you everything and Reese is like yeah I knew she was acting which this was another thing that I was like again first time I read it I was like I'm like you said I'm scared that he's not gonna know that she was acting but he's like I know she's acting I can still feel the mating bond and Amran's like yeah that makes so much sense because like a mating bond can't be broken. <laughs> but like apparently no one else knew that. They figure out like Feyre did what she needed to do, which was be a spy in the spring court. That was like the only card they had left to play. And they're like, okay, but like we kind of just like, you know, let our girly go to the spring court. And he's like, well, guess what? She's actually the high lady of night court because last night we went to a high priestess we snuck out of the house I made her a high lady she's my equal and I put another tattoo on her other hand I was like oh my god then Tamlin's gonna discover that the tattoo is on her other hand but she again because she's powerful now can glamour it so we see her in spring court and she's like fake happy Lucian is sus and Tamlin apologizes for everything and I I'm eating up every moment of that like she's high lady now especially because it's such a cheesy payoff but it's so good from the very beginning when Tamlin's like what no you're just my wife like nobody gets to be a high lady there is no high lady and recent is just like yeah what's up of course you're my high lady and so they get to do that and I'm just yeah I'm eating up every second of that and and they're all very the whole found family like they're all just like you're telling me my high ladies in a spring court of it like we get it you like fucking love your monarchy or whatever like (laughs) like but you know recent is like yeah I'm telling you that and she's our spy and like she's more than she more than knows what she's doing and like I trust her and that part is like good you know I do like that I mean yeah I like that part it's so good if there's like a last like scene of the book it's Farah turning over her shoulder looking at the camera and and giving giving a a wink wink. I know she's like (laughs) is like thus is like the scene totally she's like I gotta act like the best I've ever done before because Lucian is already on to me and like I gotta you know this is a lot's riding on my acting performance okay that's we made it yeah a court of mist and fury do you want to talk about our top three do we want to go cringy and then romance or do we want to go romance then cringy let's do cringe and then give and do romance my problem is that I've got like 10 written down so you go with you go with number three, or I don't know what you, you, you just tell me. I don't know if they're in order or yeah, not, but I want to know. Yeah, let's do three, two, one. 
you go first then so that I can think, figure out which one my third one okay. is. Okay. Okay. So my third one is going to be, and this is like one of my cringiest moments. And again, just like I was talking about before, it's like something I can't get over when it's like, you are a high Lord. You should know how to talk to people because you've been around for centuries. When Reese asks Feyre if she wants to move on from Tamlin physically and she's like, you know, you could sleep with Cassian, right? And she's like, yeah, I fucking will. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I'll tell him to come by your bedroom tonight. And then it's like, okay, so it's like part A. And then part B is when Feyre's like, so are you like with Amran? And it's like, again, what, other than the jewelry, like what would have given you that impression? He flirts and is obsessed with you. So that is my number three cringy moment. Okay, um, number three cringe m- moments. It's a collection of moments. How many vulgar gestures uh, Feyre is Thank giving you. Uh, everyone? Even doesn't Nesta like flip high bird no, no, no. The, the bird when she's like in the caldy? Okay, so there's a okay. There's a couple things to unpack there. One though, I thought you were gonna reference this because I have this lighted this this passage highlighted because I kept blocking every time that Feyre gave a vulgar gesture. And then there's a time where like Nesta gives a vulgar gesture and Feyre's commentary in her head is like one that I didn't even know Nesta knew. And I'm like, how many vulgar gestures are there? Because are you flipping him off every time? Like, are you flipping off every time or what is it? And then I also saw something online that it was really funny because if you're a friend, if you're a fan of friends, they do this instead of flipping off. And that's the only thing I'm like, what other vulgar gesture is there? Like, are you like turning around and showing your ass (laughs) to them? Like there's so many, it's just, so funny to think about and why and- does she say it so often i it was badass when she did it at amarantha's throne it's bad editing it's like really bad editing that like some things can get repeated so often it's the same way as how often she says prick you're a prick yeah, and i'm like tear him to ribbons or i felt it in the marrow of my bones yeah. but anyways for this one particularly so that's number three what's your number two mine is the soup i think because i have my top moment is so specific, I think, but okay. the soup is just so fucking cringy. The way she yeah dumps it on the table, the way that she's heating it up for twenty minutes, the way that you would have beef breath and like just like gnarly breath, like and then you're making out with your mate. So just that whole scene is just so fucking cringe. I just wish it was like yeah, either it's like consummating the bond by having sex or like. It not it's that the mate gives you food it's like maybe it's a ring or something like that like it's just so it's so cringe anyways that's my number two number two that's a good number two number two for me is um painting the house I literally in my head I'm like this is what would happen in real life this is how this would go you're like at us you're this is the anecdote at the story where you're like one time Kyle brought his new girlfriend to the cottage. We all went out in the boat. She wanted to stay back because they got in a fight. And when we got back, she dead us, had painted stick figures of us all around the cottage. That's the story that is being told around in real life. And I'm just like, you are the bad story here, Feyre. It's not your house. That's not okay. It's not your house. It's like craft paint. and It's so not okay. I want to die. No, totally. I want to I just best. wish that... It would be less cheesy if she had found canvas and paints in the closet or if Moore had sent her with canvas and paints because she wanted 
to give her an activity to do when she was stewing. Like, and then it would make so much more sense if she drew or like painted pictures of them. But yeah, and just the fact that she could possibly be a bad painter is so fucking funny to me because the way they talk about it, it's like, it's like stunning. But also it's like, yeah, her family didn't even like that when she did that at their house. Like... I've got, okay, you, okay, I have two honorable mentions really okay. quick because I could not do it. Okay, so the one honorable mention is the, which we've talked about already, which is when she seizes, when she goes and wakes recent up from his nightmare and he's naked and she sees his dick and then her thought, I'm saying that she saw his dick. I know it's like a joke that he's naked and then she's just like, I think I want to paint that. It's so funny to me and so cringy. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then um, another honorable mention, a quote we did not mention, but it's when they're, I think it's when they're in the inn and they're just talking about his power and he's, it's a cringe Reese moment. And he goes, it helps me work off the strain of my power. The magic needs release, draining, or else it'll build up and drive me insane. And then they talk about how it'll literally drive them insane if they don't like work off their magic. And it just seems like a really funny allegory for like blue balls to me. And it's, and it's like, he's like, I have to work it off this train. It'll make me go insane if I don't. And um, that's my honorable mention. Yeah, like you fucking would say that. Like, it, it's so, yeah, that is so cringy. And also, which this just doesn't happen in real life, but it happens in books all the time. The casualty of them all talking about sex and getting laid and oh this person should get laid and like oh this person had sex with this other person and we all know about it or we all heard it or we all left because we knew they were gonna have sex and it was like that just doesn't happen like there's a time where uh Feyre and Reese have sex when they're back at the townhouse and it was just like Amran and Moore made themselves scarce and it's like that's cringy that you like sent your friends away to bang like <laughs> that's like really cringe like I guess I have to go far away because otherwise they'll hear everything. Yeah, but, and the mountains will shudder and stuff. So my number one is actually one of your honorable mentions. It's when, yeah, she when she blurts out, I want to paint you. <laughs> when it's like... Says that out loud. You're talking about the one where she says it out loud to him. Yes, like that is so cringy. Because she just like, I guess, is overcome by his beauty, which I understand. But yeah, she's like, I want to paint you. And then like, again, part B to this is like when she calls the painting death on swift wings. Oh, yeah, you couldn't do that. I get that more. I think it's funny. I, I'm not cringed up by her saying I want to paint you. Although to each their own, I won't yuck your cringe yum. It, because I think it's like if it was a guy looking at a girl and then he's like, I really want to photograph you. Or like, yeah. I really want to paint you. That's I hot. feel like I we know. would think that it's kind of hot totally. and sexy. And then when she's like, but I think it's because we play up the like, you know, poor favorite, but we play up the like that you're bad at painting. So it's kind of funny. But I just have to throw that out there to twist it on its head. No, that's a good point. Like, it reminds me of that scene in The Crown where Princess Margaret is dating that photographer and they have like a sexy scene where they're in his dark room. Like, they, he had just photographed her nude and stuff like that, and they're, like, having sex, all this stuff. And then they develop the pictures in the dark room, so it's, like, you know, dark and shadowy and stuff like that. So it's, like, I do think that there is a time and place where this idea could be really hot, but just the way that she... She, like, blurted it yeah, out. Yeah, and that, like, again, it's maybe not good. And that why would you name the 
painting that when she says so many beautiful things about his strength and his power and the way that night like the night sky and like whatever like he symbolizes is like calming and soothing and you know powerful and like dark but in a good way like and then you call him death on swift wings like it's just so weird you are everyone knows who has read the rest of the series because you're the only one who <laughs> you are in for some treats oh, of oh some God. painting of some painting titles oh, that Vera comes okay, up with okay. i'm so excited and some moments um my number one was uh the soup and it's your number two particularly the you love me then eat so that that takes number one for me it's so bad but let's do some redemption with our favorite hot 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 steamy romance buddy whatever moments that really got you okay do you want to start you start this time with number your number three yeah so my number three I do have a lot here but I think my number three is we I talked about this in last episode really quick callback to when he says oh those two like to fuss it's such a small moment and he's talking about the two the Poor fairies that I didn't know their names. Nuala and Caradwin. I'm just going to go for it. Um, and it's very early on. And then when context that he loved her this whole time and now he gets to see her in, in like his, in the clothes of Valeris, Valaris and they're like going out and he's just like, she certainly like to fuss and he's looking at her and I'm like, oh, you're losing your goddamn mind over how cute she is in this like little like pants and sweater outfit. So I love that. That's my number three. I love that. I, same. And Reese just says so many cute things in this book. Like I could have said a million things. My, I'm going to start with an honorable mention and then I'll give you my three. But my honorable mention is when he says, there you are. I've been looking for you. His first words to me, not a lie at all. Not a threat to keep those fairies away. Thank you for finding her for me. So I know that's like kind of Akatar, but this is when Feyre's realizing mm. what's happening when they're eating the soup. And then my number three is, I heard every word between you. I knew you could take care of yourself and yet dot, dot, dot. He went back to his pie, uh, swallowing a bite before continuing. And yet I found myself deciding that if you took his hand, I would find a way to live with it. It would be your choice. I sipped from my wine. And if he had grabbed me, there was nothing but uncompromising with will in his eyes. Then I would have torn apart the world to get you back. Which is very cute because... And I think, again, we see this in a lot of romance novels where it's like when you truly love someone, if they make a choice to do something different or be with someone else, you like let them go. And I love that he has this moment. It's it's very, very cute. I like really liked it. I love that for you. Uh, I, I love that that you've got these cute romance novels romance moments my number three is outshone by my second and one which are awesome yes and horny give it to me so number two for me is actually the conversation in the summer court where he's got his hands on either side and it's just really charged Mm -hmm. and he is literally like he says you say such atrocious things um because she's just like yeah like if i can fuck tarquin for it and he is like, you are always free to do what you want and with whomever you want. And you thought this was cringy, but when he's like, so if you want to ride him, go ahead. And she's like, maybe I will. Fine, fine. And I'm just like, that's sexy. And I love it that they're flirting. And it's kind of got the the little tinge of enemies because they're like kind of conflict. They kind of are in conflict there. And it's like, 
it's just good. So that's my number I two. I love that because, yeah, I love the charge scenes even more sometimes than them actually having sex. And I love that he had, like, yeah, trapped her against a dresser or, like, a closet wardrobe thing. Also, everyone follow me on Instagram at ReadyToBeRomance because I shared some fan art of someone who drew out this scene. And it's very cute. She's in that, like, lavender dress. And, yeah, she's like, could I do anything with Tarquin? Okay, my number two is the moment that you mentioned earlier. I fell in love with you, smartass, because you were one of us, because you weren't afraid of me, and you decided to end your spectacular victory by throwing that piece of bone at Amarantha like a javelin. I felt Cassian's spirit beside me in that moment and could have sworn I heard him say, if you don't marry her, you stupid prick, I will. And I think one of the things that is we've touched on but haven't really gotten into is just like he respects her so much and not just her choices, but like her will and her bravery and courage and like all of these things. And I think people sometimes get creeped out when people say to like a lover or whatever, like you remind me of my parents or you remind me of a sibling or a person I love, which in some cases can be creepy. But I think in these cases, it's like, no, this is a person I love and respect and admire. And I know all of their faults and all of the you know bad things about them too. And I still love them. And I see that in you. Like, I think that's, you know, like the utmost compliment that someone can give someone. And it's also so important. And we see this throughout this book that he wants her to be integrated into his like friend group and stuff because she was also so like alone and they mean so much to him. So I really liked that moment. That's really cute. And actually such a good moment. What a green flag of like, no, you get to be a part of my friend group because I don't like when people are like gatekeepy. Um, and it can be really nice if you feel like you can actually get to know the friends. Number one for me, I don't know what yours is, so I will see what it is. Uh, number one for me is simply he is kneeling on the ground before her, buckling her into some like leather harness so that she could have like knives strapped to her. And later on, he's, he's as he's teasing her, he says, "Do you did you enjoy the sight of me kneeling before you?" That's really the that's cake. really hot. I really hope someone uses that in real life, like truly. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> my number one is something I read out in part one part two but love it he says it's they're at the inn and he says I'm thinking he said following the flick of my tongue over my bottom lip that I look at you and feel like I'm dying like I can't breathe I'm thinking that I want you so badly I can't concentrate half the time I'm around you and this room is too small for me to properly bed you especially with the wings Good one. Really good Good one. one. Yeah. Very, very cute. We talked a little bit about this before the episode. And so I just want to give this shout out to side romances that are like things that we have questions about, which maybe can kind of go into what are we still wondering about? There are like a few quotes and throwaways to all of the stuff that is going on between more Cassian and Asriel because Farah is kind of nosy and also like we would be. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She's asking the real notice, questions. Notices something is up immediately. She clocks like the way that Azriel looks at more, the way that Cassian looks at more. We find out, um, I don't think we covered, but we find out about Moore's backstory and some of the, maybe we did, some of the bad stuff that happened to her, but that she kind of took, her virginity was really 
powerful and that her family was going to basically get to sell her away to uh like this the autumn court actually one of lucian's older brothers heiress to but but because she was really powerful and because she was a virgin and she took that power back herself when as like a teenager recent takes her to an illyrian war camp with her for like the weekend or something like to get away and then she meets cassian and is like yeah let's fuck um so that it can like take away that power that her family has over her and so there's like the history between more and cassian but i think more confirms that she's like we no 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 like they were asked her at one point and she's like no not anymore like you know i kind of turned away from that i didn't want to i didn't want to put anything between the friend group like the boys like i didn't want to like mess anything up and then here's like yeah but you know the way that asriel looks at you though and she's like yeah don't worry asriel has plenty of lovers by the way he's just like more quiet at like hiding it but but he like even if I took off like all my clothes in front of him today like he would not think that he's worthy of me like he hates himself like so much or whatever that like he wouldn't do anything about it so there's like this interesting thing but then as that's all going I'm just like where's give me the threesome like where is it because there's quotes there's this quote where on Starfall night, Pharaoh looks over and she says, the three of them dancing together, Moore's head tipped back to the sky, arms up and starlight gleaming on the pure white of her gown, dancing as if it might be her last time, flowing between Asriel and Cassian, like the three of them were one unit, one being. I like wrote that down because I was like, oh, and everyone will find out a little bit more when Tori, you actually know, read the other I books. I know, I know. But I just, like, wish that there had been something a little bit more. It definitely left me intrigued. Um, and, yeah, there's a bunch of busy, there are a bunch of busy bodies about each other. So I'm excited for that, too. Yeah, I was talking to my friend Kirsten, who actually read Akatar because of this podcast. And yes, which Kirsten. was really nice. Actually, I've a lot of people have messaged me that they've picked up. Not a lot of people, but, like, another friend, Haley, and another friend, Vanessa. Like, they all started reading Akatar because of this. And they're, like how have you not moved on to the third book? And it's like, girlies, you don't know <laughs> they've me. Already, like, they've, already made, they've already made it, made it to the third book. Yeah, oh, my friend funny. Kristen texted me this morning and she was like, oh, like, have you, like, I want to talk to you about something that happens in the next book. Have you read it yet? And I was like, actually, girly, I haven't. <laughs> like, she's like, how? I'm going to get you into a, into a book club. So are you... I feel like your answer, I'm just going to clock you. If I'm like, are you a recent Cassian or Azriel girl? You've only read the first yeah. two. So I think obviously you're like, I'm a recent girly, but between, so I'll just set that aside. I know you well enough. I don't even need to ask you that. Between Cassian and Azriel, what you know of them so far from just this book, actually, because they're not really in the first one. Uh, are you more team Azriel or more team Cassian? I think I like the Cassian types, like the funny, jovial, confident taunting big brother little sister to Feyre mm. type person but there is something interesting about Azriel, like how all of the characters interact with him and that he talks so little about everything so yeah I I am intrigued I'm excited and I'm unspoiled well this is not a and this is not a spoiler because it's not in any of the books uh, it's just a quote from sarah j mass where she's chatting with some uh folks in a pod like a, an, a, some some interview and she like goes on record being like as the freak in the sheets like a freak and she's like but in a 
but in like a good way. So I'll just like leave you with that for when you read more about Asriel. Oh my God, I'm so fucking excited. Let's get into our internet investigation. This is our cursory peruse of the internet of things you need to know. The Morgan is more folklore, like we learned about Tamlin's name. Uh, It's a queen of war in Ireland. So I think it's interesting when these fantasy books, like we get lots of references to all of this like old folklore, which is cool. Like I like the, you know, like the Persephone Hades ripoffs and like stuff like Mm -hmm. that. The book went through multiple name changes because we know SJM loves a name, a name. (laughs) If she had her way, there would have been 17 different copies of the same book with different names. Like, literally, I roll. So, there was A Court of Wind and Stone, A Court of Mist and Stone, A Court of Calm and Fury, A Court of Stars and Smoke, A Court of Wings and Stars, A Court of Venom and Silver, A Court of Stars and Frost. So, like, obviously, we get the wind and stone from the moonstone palace and the house of wind oh and the the house of mist is the place they have sex in for the first time the cabin it is well the parts like part one and part two are called oh yeah like like the third part is called house of stone i think and then the second part is called house of i got it here i didn't but what what is it so it's House of Beasts, which is which is nothing. That's the first part. Like yeah. House of Beasts, like, is that the spring court? Like, where all the bad... And then the House of Wind is part two. Yeah, which we know is his home. House of Mist. Yeah. I think I just... I always thought it was, like, because Reese can mist people with his power. Yeah. That I thought that it was, like, mist. And then... But also, what's the fury from? I have no idea, like, her anger. Like, I literally have no idea. Somebody tell us. Somebody Someone tell us and explain like it to us. Red stars and wings sound, seems like it sounds simple, but that the that one of the titles sounds like that would match. I'm like, yeah, the Illyrian wings and the and stars. The stars star no, totally. That makes so much more sense. I like that one, too. A Court of Wings and Stars. And then I will post on my Instagram the list that Sarah J. Mass wrote in 2015 of all these names and she like posted a picture online so I'll post that on my insta the first draft was dual pov with reese no I'm shook to my fucking core I was like and where's the access to this draft like this is giving twilight life and death no <laughs> no no midnight, midnight sun. sun sorry my bad twilight midnight sun um well you are a deep diver interneter folk person i don't know what the hell that was i just said uh there is like a pretty popular a court of mist and fury from recent point of view fan fiction i haven't read it i don't think myself i think i have a friend who's read it i'll have to like find i don't i don't think it's very difficult to find i think it's one of the more popular fan fictions and um i wouldn't recommend it in before spoilers because i don't know if it takes into account the rest of the series um but it's supposed to be pretty i think it's supposed to be pretty good and it's all from his perspective amazing also i want to say people are probably like wanting to throw their shoe at us but this is all about vibes and this is half-assed internet research i'm sure there's there's (laughs) facts maybe the fucking 
dual POV is already posted online or whatever. Like we're just, we're here for the vibes, okay? <laughs> so there's four songs that inspired the book. I made a playlist on Spotify. I'll put it in the episode show notes. And there is like a specific instrumental song that is for chapter 55 when they have sex. And it's like not sexy. It's like, <laughs> it's literally like, what you would picture like yeah like a king like entering like a court or something like that it's so funny so listen through that and then tell us what you think about her music choices and then she just also talks about how the book is inspired like I said before like Hades and Persephone like Reese is Hades and she's Persephone pulling her into the underworld and then there's the Hansel and Gretel storyline of the weaver and then the Miriam and Draken backstory that we just like straight up didn't talk about with Jurian and like I'm totally okay with that is based off of the book of Exodus. So enjoy that. Sure. And I want to share also I was looking at a Sarah J Mass interview because she's been recently promoting her newest book and she was talking about how her mother-in-law and she literally was like yeah Linda like she first named her (laughs) mother-in-law. She was like Yeah, my mother-in-law pulled me aside at like a party once and was like, are the sex scenes in your book inspired by my son? And she was like, so put off by that. Rightfully so. Who the fuck asks that? It's not. Yeah, we talked about this. I don't love that. Like, have you read her books and you know Don't read the books in the first place. If you know that they're like slutty, (laughs) I feel like. Or just, we don't, we don't, you don't talk about it. Yeah, you read it, you appreciate it, it, and you just don't talk about it. Uh, Okay, let's move on to our wonder whys. These are unanswered questions for the listeners. We already asked you folks, what soup does Feyre make Tamlin? My wonder why is where the fuck is her dad this entire book? (laughs) Good question. I don't have any. Like the, he's got his like he's got his leg issue. I mean, yeah, I think they hand wave a lot of the family stuff. I mean, when we when you think about how when they came back and the family was like, yeah, this guy showed up and just told me we're to invest my money <laughs> and it was great. Like the dad is fucking. The dad off, is like off selling his like being. wares or whatever, but like it doesn't do much. It doesn't do much. For, like the image of us all being like her family sucks like her mom clearly sucked and like put way too much pressure on her and always like just loved like Nesta and Elaine and like set them up for success and then made Feyre pro- promise to take care of them the dad was just like gave up and was like <laughs> yeah I guess poverty will happen the sisters were terrible like there's we do get more of Nesta and Elaine in this book and there's like a bit of redeeming stuff ish like they like help out Nessa's a little bit of a badass oh you were I wanted to say this before you were saying like did she give a vulgar gesture when she was like in mm. the Caldi but no I need to make this point important she points yes she, like really intensely is like points at the king of Hybern yes. and he even as has like the gall to like be like yeah. what's going yeah. on there so no it's not a vulgar gesture thank god um, no, you're so but, right, uh, and it's kind of just like, watch, like, you're gonna do this to me while I'm gonna come back and fucking kill you. Yeah, like, I hope so. And and also, you had in your notes earlier, as we were talking about other romance side stories, I did not, I, when I looked at your wrote notes, I had to go and check the book, because I did not clock this ever once in all of my rereads. I do not realize that when, the, when Nesta is telling off the mortal queens for being shitty, that they're not gonna do it, 
that she is crying and that Cassian goes over and I know that he says to her I will like die like I think it's a worthy cause to like protect your lands like know that I will stick around for that I did not know that he reaches up and brushes off tears from her face totally it it's a little moment it's interesting I I was like okay and it's kind of funny too because I feel like we talk about so much of the hidden meanings or points of this book that come to fruition like even how the mortal queens were mocking Feyre for becoming um, immortal when she meets with them I think the last time and then it's funny because they want to become immortal like a week later or whatever. So it's like, it's just, it's just like those funny moments, but like some things are just so plain as day. Like the amount of Cassie and Nesta moments in this book, it's like, you know, we know we're getting set up for something. Here's what I'll say. One of the extra chapters that's attached to some book is a Cassie and Nesta in this in this yes. setting it's a missing scene from this book yes. where he there where he goes back and has to check on the mortal lands at one point and Ness is still human and and so i would recommend that yeah you, it's you, called Missy, wings that. and ember and when i was doing my half-assed research which i don't know why i didn't include this it was sold with target so you know how like taylor swift does you know, a bonus track if you buy it specifically from Target. Oh, okay. It was like if you bought the book from Target, you got this extra Wings and Ash chapter. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to read that before I jump in, jump into the next book. My last question before we move on to Gripes and Grumbles is that what do you think of the faded mate trope? And then them being like, but we're actually in love or like I fell in love with you or whatever. Like, do you think that that is possible when they are fated mates? I, that's a bad question, and I actually don't know how to reword the, it, but do you know what I'm saying? I think I know what you're saying. I think I know what you're saying. Like I don't choice, know if I have an I answer for you. I'm not really interested, or it doesn't do much for me, this whole fated thing. Like, um, so I'm glad that they, like, like, I'll say Elaine and Lucian, him being like, you're my mate. I'm like not invested. Like I obviously they haven't built this up for it at, at any point in this first two books, but I'm not really invested. What I am interested in from a lore perspective and fantasy perspective, actually, or or a romance, is what happens when you don't follow the pattern that you're supposed to follow. So I'm like dying to know what happens when you try to reject the mate mated thing. What happens if you like are aware of your mate but you don't want to be with them or is it art do you have physical consequences by trying to reject it and not do it um I'm more interested in like the lore around it and I like I'm begging for a book to like explore maybe there's probably yeah. there probably are ones that like explore that more yeah. but I don't know you tell me because you thought of this question so do you have an opinion about choice versus mated and I think that they did a good job of showing the the parts of Reese and Favor's relationship that made them fall in love, that even if they weren't faded, faded mates, that they would end up together. Like, she just values how much choice he gives her. He, you know, respects her courage and, like, stuff like that, like I just talked about. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me when they are talking about this, like, I fell in love with you, but it's, like, 
No, but you're like scientifically fated. I don't know how else to say it to be with this person. So it's like you couldn't help but fall in love with them because you're supposed to be with them in this world. And so I'm like, is it as valid of a love or whatever, I guess is what I'm trying to say when you are like genetically or like scientifically, Mm. like Mm. it's impossible to not love them because they were mate, your mate. I, I see your point and I haven't really thought about that too much. And I, I, I mean, it doesn't bother me for them either way. I'm like still like team recent and Feyre and like how they fell in love and all that stuff, but it doesn't like enhance it for me that like all along they had this bond and it doesn't like take it away. It doesn't take something away from me. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Maybe I'll explore that during the, the time. It's a good question. Of, it's a good yeah, question. RTBR. Okay, our gripes and grumbles. These are nitpicky problems with the book. I feel like we've gone over all of the ones that I've talked about, how like the fairies are old but sometimes dumb and that, <laughs> you know, it, the soup and shit is cheesy. The The ones that I just want to point out that I don't think I, I've talked about, the Blood Ruby storyline in Bear and so embarrassing you just don't want uh you don't want a ruby to tell you that they're coming after you I guess I guess I just some sometimes I'm like okay we're like to like send a letter I'm like we don't need the ruby thing I don't know just send they're like big drama babies so so yeah I guess yeah it's it's like maybe grave and grumble it's like cringe it's like embarrassing like you have so much there's so much lore that we don't need the blood ruby lore (laughs) in addition you hate your threshold. You like hate your threshold. Exactly. Um, the quote. Oh, this is so funny. Yep. <laughs> the quote that everyone fucking like tattoos on their body. Like I have seen people tattoo this. Even on TikTok today, I saw one where she's like to the people who look at the stars and wish Reese to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. Like I actually do not know what that means. Like someone please tell me, is it romantic? Is it a beautiful moment? Like absolutely. But it actually makes no fucking sense to me. And I need to know why you're tattooing that on your body. I have no comment. You said it all. (laughs) And the last thing that I want to say is like, she has so Sarah J. Mass has some such interesting like the the trials and the worm and the bone and the throwing it and stuff like that. Like those are so interesting. The missions and stuff like that. And then just sometimes it just is so lame. Like when she is being Tarquin and all she, she's just repeating to herself like I am Tarquin, I am C, I am Sun, I am Blue and stuff like that. And then she's like she is that person. Like it's just some of the lore again in this book is just so confusing because it's like she can do that but then she can also make water wolves and like I don't know I'm just like stick to (laughs) stick to like super strength and like winnowing (laughs) two or three things yeah I think it's just endless power uh that's really funny my grip and grumble I think I briefly mentioned last episode or the first part one and two but Tamlin becoming a piece of shit so quickly yeah. It's just really like I remember like so I remember I wasn't spoiled to it. I read the first one and the second one. I when they like were newer when I read the first one, I was like a Tamlin girly like everyone else and I was like this is a good romance novel and then I was like I don't even I I was confused. I would say like I was actually confused reading the second one because I remember thinking did this author 
like change her mind and like after writing the first one and then like want it and like I thought it was bad writing like I thought that it hadn't been planned out and now I've read it so much that I don't really know because it it was obvious that she because of all the throwbacks to even what Reeson says in the very first one and all the setup she did in the end of the first one so maybe upon reread it was like more obvious but I but I think if there was a more gradual um, or more time, like we get such good slow burn with Recent and Feyre, could I get a little bit more like act like realistic slow burn of like Hamlet? Or maybe in the first one, if there had been a bit more things that make you go, oh, wait a minute, I don't, I don't like that he did that because generally in the first one there's no issues there's not a lot of flaws no, there's no there's flaws. not a lot of like issues that even as a reader you're reading and going I don't like that like at all we go back is and on the first one and we go oh I guess I I guess he really didn't try to save her when she gets there but we understand that he's not giving Amarantha anything and that it's a better chance for Feyre if he pretends that she's like not anything to him which also Reason does Reason in this one we're like we love him for being like I had to convince her so deeply that I didn't know you that I know nothing about you I just did it in a different way so we like have sympathy for Reason in this one but not Tamlin for what he did and like there's nothing else in the first one that we're like oh that's kind of toxic but I wish there was some more seeds planted totally. for us to not like him. The only things that we were question marks about was when he had sex with her under the mountain and didn't talk to her. And when he wasn't sticking up to her. But they gave... Pharaoh enjoyed the sex. It, like, got her to keep living or whatever. So I didn't really <laughs> question that the first time I read it. And then... The under the mountains that they gave a valid reason for why he wasn't helping and like I remember when I read the first one I was again spoiled so I didn't want to move on to the second one because I was like how could I not be obsessed with Tamlin so I completely agree maybe some more easter eggs also it is kind of weird that he's trying to save in Akatar. he's trying so fucking hard to break the curse and free his people. And then over Feyre, he immediately is like, oh, yeah, you can, like, be, be uh, yeah, part, be, like, part of them. take over the court and take over the yeah. lands and, like, all of this stuff. Also, it's like... I'm with you on that. Tamlin, why are you letting King Highburn go into the mortal lands when your fucking girlfriend's <laughs> fiancé's family lives there? Like... It's, like, kind of heavy-handed of why we're supposed to really hate Tamlin. Like, really now? we're. That's just, I just wish that there had been more clever, planted things that when you reread the first one, you went... Oh. Yeah. The only things oh I can think about gosh. are those two moments of the the sex under the mountain and him not helping. Yeah, I needed more. I needed more. Like, I wanted there to be more of a, like, oh, I reread it, and then I saw it in that way. Totally. Like, we do get that for reason, but not so much of the, like, why we should hate Tamlin. No, that's a really good, really good gripe and grumble. Anyways, but, you know, it's, I love it. I know. I it's... love A Court of Mist and Fury. Me too. I, it is, it is hands down my favorite from the series. I remember reading it the first time and just, like, could not put it down. It was just, uh, recent is, like, such a good he's such book, a good ro- uh, boyfriend boyfriend I like want yeah I gotta I gotta find I really gotta find some like actor fan-made 
shirts or something after this. Yeah, not uh, a tattoo, that I can... but I'll rock a sticker <laughs> like on my laptop or something please, like. Please, not the tattoo. Yeah, I've seen like the full. I've seen on TikTok a guy who got like a full chest piece of like what the tattoos that the Illyrian boys have. Uh, I don't like the style. But I was like, that's like, it's cool because no one knows what that is unless it just looks like, well, it's actually, it looks a little tribal tattoo. So you have to be careful. I think make sure that you're careful and you understand where, you know, your tattoos are coming from and what artwork you're using. But um, yeah, people love, there's a lot of tattoos. I don't think I've seen a full arm. I don't think I've seen like, maybe, maybe, maybe I've seen one eyeball tattoo. Yeah, I haven't really seen the eye too much, but I've seen the quote about the stars and then I've seen Reese's knee tattoos on people with the mountains right, and right. the stars. If you have an Akatar tattoo, send it to us. I want to see. Yeah, and like, sorry for like ripping you to shreds. Like, I also appreciate that. Again, if I would have read this, your commit, their commitment to love is is stronger than ours. No, totally. So good and for like, them. I again, I would have done that if I read this book ten years ago. And like, I'm as unwell as you. Like, like. Let's, let's, <laughs> Like, trust me, I'm I'm one hair away from getting my own tattoo. <laughs> uh, okay, sequel scoop. This is the tea on any upcoming sequel seasons. General reception. The next book in the series is A Court of Wings and Ruin. I'm so excited. I, I'm not going to read it, like, this weekend, but... Everybody bug. Everybody needs to bug Tori to read it. All the, shout out to all of your friends yeah. who started reading it and was like, girl, you haven't read it yet. Everybody, all the listeners, please leave be like leave a review about how much you loved it but actually say tori um you have yeah, to read tell, it according to the tell me that i should read it in the apple podcast rating and reviews like <laughs> <laughs> no totally i i think i need a, a teensy little break a little palate cleanser of maybe something else something light and fluffy and then i'll get into court of wings and ruin Echo war. Echo war. Okay, Megan, that's it. I can't believe, like, how long did we talk for? Like, another two hours? Like, this is insane. <laughs> 10 million years. Uh, it's great. Thank you so much for covering this. And we'll see you when we cover Echo war. war. Maybe some Twilight. Yes, we're going to do Twilight, everybody. Put me in, girl. And that's the story of A Court of Mist and Fury Part 3. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Megan for joining me on today's show. If you haven't already, I really appreciate you subscribing and leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because this is a new show. It's really important for other potential listeners to see that the show has some sort of listenership and that the episodes are good and that they should check it out. So if you do that, I really, really, really appreciate you. And of course, you can suggest a book or even leave a voicemail for a future episode a question or a comment or something you would like us to talk about via the links in the episode show notes. Our next episode is The Duke and I and Bridgerton season one. Until then, happy reading. For Ready to be Romance, I'm Tori. Goodbye. (laughs)